because here's another episode of They're Coming to Read You, Barbara, a podcast book club for the strange and unusual. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rebecca. And today, our podcast is coming to you live from the state of Maine. And we're here with our special guest... And Sarah was our guest on the last episode where we talked about the Practical Magic series. And yes. so we loved it so much that we hopped on a plane and came to her state. I yes. know, I'm so happy. <laughs> this is the first time we've been all together in two years. Two years. In two years. Yes, yeah, it's very so special. It is. So, so special. So main. <laughs> so main. We're here with our pumpkin spice lattes. And mm-hmm. today we're talking about Charlene Harris's Dead Until Dark, which is the first book of the Sookie Stackhouse series. Sookie Stackhouse. Sookie Stackhouse. Or if you haven't read it, you might have watched a TV show on HBO, True Blood. That's what these books are from. Yes. So the first book talks introduces us to Sookie Stackhouse, who is a waitress who also has telepathic abilities. She can read people's minds. And in this reality, vampires are now able to be out of the closet. It's legal to be a vampire. And she introduced, she gets introduced to her first vampire, Bill. 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 And <laughs> after meeting Bill, she's drawn into the world of vampires, which comes with its own dangers. And there's also a murder mystery going on in dun, the book. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun-dun. Dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, will you please tell us some more about Charlene Harris? Absolutely. I don't know why I did the voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we have to start over again. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Charlene Harris is born in 1951, uh, which she's actually one week older than my mother would have been. So I thought that was very cute. Uh, she was born in Mississippi, went to college in Tennessee, and now lives in Texas. Her early work uh, featured poems about ghosts and teenage angst. The first popular series that she wrote was the Aurora Tea Garden books in 1990 with 11 books. So you see a theme as I progress that she writes a lot in a series. Uh, Then she wrote a Shakespeare series in 1996 about a detective who's a cleaning lady. And then came the Sookie Stackhouse series in 2001 and ends with... 13 books and then two supplemental books that are like not part of the story but they go back and elaborate on some of the story wow and a compendium okay that's fun uh then she wrote another series carl the harper Connolly mysteries about a woman who's struck by lightning and then can locate dead bodies and see their last moments Ooh. Which sounds really good yeah it was supposed to be a tv series called gravesite but became a graphic novel series instead. Cool. Right. She's also a member of the Mystery Writers of America and American Crime Re- Writers League and a board member of Sisters in Crime and co-president of the Arkansas Mystery Writers Alliance. Oh. So she's very that. active. She still writes today. That's hey. awesome. Yeah. So to kick us off, Sarah, will you please tell us your thoughts about Dead Until Dark? Yeah, I I love this book because uh, I, just the way Charlene Harris writes makes me giggle a lot when <laughs> I'm reading. Because I think being maybe an older woman writing about young women yeah. and love and romance, it just makes me laugh. Just I think the level of detail mm-hmm. uh, that's in it, I can picture the whole scene yes. because she describes the entire scene. She's right. like, well, Sookie Stackhouse 
She's now putting on her denim skirt, and she puts on her white blouse with the flowers on it, and then she puts in her earrings. <laughs> so I know the, yes. uh, what she's wearing. And how she does her hair in yes. the clip. Oh and my God. every side character, you get a full description of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every room, there's a full description of every piece of furniture in it. And I'm sometimes like, are we going to come back to this? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go on. Yes, yes. Um, no, I like, the the story is almost a little silly when you think about the whole plot of, of the book. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's very cheesy and very, uh, trashy, but I, <laughs> I really liked it cause it was just like the humor. I really like Sookie and just some of the things she would say, like, who are you? I'm a waitress. And it's like, nope, that's not the answer. That <laughs> uh, so I just, I, I, I don't know. I did the audiobook and I highly recommend the audiobook cause the, the reader is so good cause she does the New Orleans accent so well. And so uh, I think that made me giggle the most. Yeah. Um, but I love uh, just like the vampires in there. And sometimes I think things are just thrown in there. Like he levitates, but it's like not all vampires can levitate. Right. And that is so funny to me. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I just really liked it. I thought it was, um, uh, you know, at the end. Uh, I thought it ended really well. Yeah. And I was excited to read the next book, yeah. which I have started the next book. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I think she book. sets up the second book really well. She does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was just, just going to say, I, I like Stookie's fight in the book. Yeah. Because she's just, it's so funny because she's like, I've never been in a fight before. And it's like, but then this whole book, she's just like, I think all it's the very time. scrappy. Yeah. yeah. And she just goes out there to like save Bill. When uh, the rat rays are trying to like take the blood from him, yeah. and then she goes out there and and then she gets that awful. Be- All I can think is that awful beating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I'm like, she takes a whole lot in this book, and then at the end, of course, uh, I did not see that coming mm-hmm. about who the murderer was. Oh okay. Yeah. And I think we had talked about too that it was like, who is that again? <laughs> A little bit. I had forgotten who, at the end, when it's revealed who the murderer is, I had to remind myself because I was like, oh, well, that kind of surprised me and came out of nowhere. But I do like that these books have a strong camp sensibility. Like, I think Charlene Harris is fully invested in the genre and the tone she's picked. Mm -hmm. It's not like Twilight, where I feel like... Twilight, Stephanie Meyer isn't quite in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yes, part of the fun about Twilight is that it is kind of campy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was intentional. Whereas these, I think she fully knows it's yeah. intentional. Yeah, I think so She's too. writing erotica. She has some really great lines of dialogue that are very silly. <laughs> Even when Sookie describes herself and she describes herself as very pretty and having a substantial bosom. <laughs> I feel like she knows what she's doing and who she's writing for. She doesn't have any illusions of like, oh, I'm writing to kill a mockingbird. And so that makes it better. Yeah. I think it's really successful. And it's 
you can't really poke fun at it because she knows exactly what she's doing. It would be like going to Taco Bell and being like, oh, well, this isn't a Michelin star restaurant. Well, that wasn't the promise. <laughs> the promise was something delicious and a wrapper. And I felt that's what these this book was for me. I was like, this was all the fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and sometimes I would be like, this is silly. But then I couldn't wait to pick it back up again that night, Same. which I think that is her goal as an author is she is writing for people whom I think like don't always identify as readers I think she manages to capture that audience yeah and I really like that what are your thoughts I mean it's a good fantasy I mean that's the the genre is like romance fantasy uh I first read the books uh 2006 and immediately read everything that was already out, and then every time a new book would come out, I would go buy it that day. Very obsessed with it. Obviously, I like it a lot. Um, When I reread it this time, I noticed things that I didn't really pick up on the first time I read it. Like, I'm not a huge Sookie fan, like, of the character Sookie, because she kind of comes off a bit, like, some of the things that she says and thinks about some of the lifestyle choices of the other characters. I'm like, no, that's a bit not cool. Yes. But... I appreciate how descriptive Charlene Harris is because it helps put you in the moment better. Yeah. It's not like J.R.R. Tolkien where like every little leaf is described, but you do <laughs> yeah. you do get a good picture of where mm-hmm. everybody is and what they look like. So it was very easy for me to imagine the circumstances happening. So I really like them. They are like Taco Bell, yeah, where they're fantastic, <laughs> but it's not Shakespeare. Yeah, it's not. It's it not wasn't a meant state. to be Shakespeare, right? right? Yeah, it's and just I, I a good think, read. Yeah, I think people can sometimes be a little too elitist when it comes to reading, right? And so this might be a book that some people would roll their eyes about, but I think sometimes, like, there's a time for every kind of book. Yeah. Like we just finished a Practical Magic series. I feel like that was highly literary, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready for that again. Right. Like, yeah. sometimes your brain, like, needs something it can just purely enjoy, and Charlene Harris is putting that out into the world, and I think that's great. Yes. It's kind of like great comedy movies or great romance movies. Yeah. Like, people love to dog on them, but it's like, but it really meets an emotional need that we all have. Exactly. So. Yes. Sarah... You prepared a game for us. I did. I have a vampire trivia. So it's a movie and book All right. trivia. So it's going to be a little bit. I'm of very both. excited. Don't you peek at her paper. Don't peek at my paper. Not looking. Okay. okay. I'm very competitive. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. You're going to win. Spoiler <laughs> alert. I don't know. This actually is very in your wheelhouse. So. Yes, but I have a terrible memory, as we all know. So. <laughs> All right, I'm looking for the actress's name. Oh, God. God. Okay. Who was the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Sarah Michelle Gellar. No. Oh, well, oh not the tech, original. Not the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But, but in, sure, the in the show. Sure, sure, sure. In the show. Sure, sure, sure. All right, in this 1987 movie, two brothers moved to California where they meet a group of young Lost boys. Vampire- well, damn. <laughs> I haven't watched it Jonathan yet. hasn't seen it. I didn't even have to say Starkeeper <laughs> Sutherland and Jason Patrick. Patrick? Patrick. Patrick. That's one of my favorite movies. Patrick. As soon as you said two boys who move, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh man. Okay, I'm going to pick some good ones. All right. Oh, this one is so main. So main. <laughs> a vampire invades a small town in Maine in this movie based on a Stephen King novel. Salem's Lot. Very good. I haven't seen it or read it. 
All right. I don't know if I'm going to be able to trip you up. Who played the vampire who became old, waiting to see the doctor in The Hunger? Oh, 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 uh, oh, David Bowie. Very good. Yeah. Oh, I had have no idea. No, Hunger? I have not. It's a very sexy movie. It's David Bowie, Catherine Deneuve, and oh Susan God. Sarandon. Oh. They're all young and hot, and it's very bisexual. Oh, I love that. I am a huge <laughs> David Bowie fan, so Sam. as a vampire, cool. sign me up. We're watching that tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's very good. It. Deal. All right, ready? The 1994 film Interview with a Vampire right. mm-hmm. was originally based on a novel written by which famous horror author? Anne Rice. Oh, very good. All right. The All Vampire right. Lestat. Very good. Interview with a Vampire. Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney were the Gecko Brothers in what 1996 film about a vampire strip club in Mexico? From that to Vaughn. That was a tie. That was a tie. Literally, they were looking at each other like, who's going to say first? Also because I I think both of us I know Lisa does yes so all three of us have a yes. thing about Selma Hayek, Selma Hayek. dancing yes. in that movie yeah it it it's, made me pansexual it made me pansexual yeah <laughs> I, it also made me want to try tequila again but only off of a foot oh, right. oh. <laughs> I hate that part though I really do because it's Quentin Tarantino and I, I hate it, it because you know that he chose he to did do that, that on scene purpose so that he could have Selma Hayek's foot. Exactly. And that is gross. Exactly. That's why that bothers. But she is hot as hell. <laughs> Proceed. All right. In the movie Dracula, Dead and Loving It, <laughs> who played Dr. Van Helsing? Is it Mel Brooks? Good. Oh. Job. Mel Brooks. I love that movie. I do too. So I do. <laughs> uh, it makes me giggle. Okay. What is the name of the vampire Muppet on Sesame? The Count. The Count, yeah. I know. Do you know what his original, like his full name is? Oh. The County Count. <laughs> the Count who counts. Count von Count. Oh, oh I close. thought my answer was stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> Very close. too far from the truth. <laughs> All right. After he died in 1956, okay. what actor was buried in a Dracula costume? Bella Lugosi. Very good. Oh. Yeah. Here's a joke good. Oh. Stephanie Meyer reinvented the vampire with what book series? Twilight. <laughs> I was like, just say it. All right. James and Deborah Howe created the veg- what vegetarian vampire in 1979? Bull, no, I don't know. Banicula? Yes. Oh! <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right, I have one left, and I love this one. It's very funny. And you both should do it at the same time. Okay. Oh. In the 2012 sure. animated movie Hotel Transylvania, what is Dracula's catchphrase? Oh, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that was very fun. I was trying to keep score. <laughs> no, I think, I think we, I think we tied. Good. Yeah, you tied. We tied. That's, that's what happened. That's what that's... friends do. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Good job. Oh, I like that. Was very that was really fun, fun quiz. That I was, loved That was it. really fun. Okay, now we're going to talk about if you were going to remake uh, Dead Until Dark, Mm -hmm. who you would cast in either a movie or a miniseries, pretending that True Blood does not exist. Right. 
I know that Rebecca and I had thoughts and Sarah drew a blank and that's yep. okay. I was like, I got nothing. So Sarah is going to, uh, she gets to have final say on who gets cast. Ooh. So ooh. I'll be the casting director. Oh, I like okay. that. Okay. I only cast three characters. Okay. Uh, four. Oh, okay. No, three. Then, technically three. Oh, okay. So for Sookie, I thought about Kiernan Shipka. From Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures okay. of Sabrina. Ooh, okay, I'll pull up I thought she going. would be a very fun Sookie, and she's about the right age because she's early 20s. Nice. I'm pulling up a picture for you of who Ooh. I suggested. I picked Aaron Moriarty from The Boys, Amazon's The Boys. Okay. This is her. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. can see that. She's That's pretty face. She's younger, but she's not super young. Yeah. Um, but doesn't Sookie in the book have blue eyes? Yes. So, she's Aaron Moriarty oh, okay. has brown eyes, but you know. I'm not too hung up on it because, uh, in the show, Anna Paquin has brown eyes. Yeah, right? but I don't like Anna Paquin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me see your picture again. Kiernan Shipka or Aaron Moriarty? Yeah, that one. Kiernan yeah. Shipka. So All very, right. my very much younger approach. Yeah, to that she one. is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't like the hair. Right. Okay. Did you cast Bill? I did. I would like to know yours. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me pull up oh, a picture. Oh, I'll do, I'll do mine then. Okay, you go first, if you're ready. I said Bill Skarsgård. <gasps> I would Ooh. die. I would Especially die. Especially if Eric was still Alexander oh. Skarsgård. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just think he has such a dark, brooding energy. Yes. And if he was a vampire, I would very much be into that. Because I'm just not taken with Bill. You know how I feel about Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. Um, let me pick a good picture. For Bill, mm-hmm. I thought of, because I'm obsessed with him, his name is Tom Sturridge from the Sandman series that just came out. Oh, okay. yes, yes. I've seen you post about that. I am obsessed with him. Oh, This is him as the Sandman. Handsome. He's like, yeah, he looks, Ooh. with that hair, he's very much more handsome. Tom Sturridge is not particularly my cup of tea, oh. but as the Sandman, yes. Ooh, let me see your picture okay. again. So Bill Skarsgård or Tom Sturridge? I love Bill Skarsgård so much. Well, I'll, I'll Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. You're winning. Okay. You're winning. <laughs> we have uh, Bill and Kiernan. Okay. And the last one I cast was Eric. Okay. I did not because Alexander oh. Skarsgård to me is perfection. Alexander Skarsgård is perfection, but I think Jonathan Bailey from Bridgerton. <gasps> I he love Jonathan Bailey. Anthony and Bridgerton. I think if he was Eric, oh, you know God. I love I love him so much. As I couldn't Anthony, deal with it. It'd be too much. I'd be fine with either of them. Right. Both of them. Do you, do you need a picture of Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> as Eric? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just well, even though just, you know I mean, what he looks like, but yes, I want to see a do picture. Do I know what he again. looks like? Oh, but I want to see a picture. Alexander For research. Skarsgård nude. Eric. For science. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you get into the series. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, some really good stuff comes up like visually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is it gonna be Anthony gonna from be Bridgerton Anthony. or is it going to be the original Eric? I actually like Anthony. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh god. I if like we're recasting Anthony. everybody, I think that's fair. That yeah, that's gazebo fair. scene in the second season of Bridgerton. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my god is right. Oh, yeah. I love him so much. Emerald, so my friend Emerald made me live update her when I was on that episode. She was literally like, I need to know when you get to the gazebo, you will text me before and after. It's so hot. It's so hot. And so I think hot. Kate was so beautiful in that yes. show. And there was so much, it was so intense up to that moment. You're just like uh-huh. waiting for it to happen. So much sexual tension. I really yeah. liked season two. I thought season two was even better. Right. Yes. Agreed. Okay, anyway. back to anyway. your casting oh, okay. choices. Yeah. The other person I cast was Sam. Okay. I cast <sighs> Alex Pettifer, Pettifer from the, um, oh shoot, what's he been in? Hold on. Uh, the I Am Number Four series. Okay. This okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. I can see that for he's sure. He's almost too handsome. But he's like no ruggedly handsome. Thing. That's rugged? I mean. He looks like a Ken doll. <laughs> If that's rugged, what am I, a lady? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I cast. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. So many good options. Yeah, I feel like we, we did a good Let's just talk about job. all the boys again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene, okay, in True Blood, right? In like the, it has nothing to do with the books whatsoever, so it's not a book spoiler. Okay. But in the show, very late on, like many, many seasons later, Eric is Eric's naked a lot in the show, which yes, I appreciate. Jesus. Pray, I appreciate it very much. But there's one where he's like sunbathing on a glacier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that scene. Uh, <laughs> I've googled that scene quite. A yes, bit. we do. <laughs> We're gonna have to Google that scene again. It was pretty much my cell phone back wallpaper thing for like. Ever. That's so funny. Could you not turn your phone on for other people to see? I mean, he's you don't see anything, but he does oh, stand you do, up. You do see it yeah, in the show. In the show, he stands up, and you're like, was that, was that one of the ones? Yeah. <laughs> because Nick and I fully paused, and we were pressing Zoom on our remote. <laughs> That's the benefit of a same-sex relationship. You're both on the same page there. You're like, pause, I want to watch that part again. He's reading a fucking book. Oh, I like that you whispered. I know. <laughs> He's reading a book. You're like, forget a podcast. <laughs> Look at dudes. <laughs> Sorry. No. I told you, I'm obsessed <sighs> with the show and the book, so I was going to get... Absolutely. I was going to get fan to me. Well, then why don't you kick it off and tell us your moan and your groan. Oh, okay. Hold moan on. is your favorite on. part. Your groan is the part you could have done without. Okay. So my moan is Suki's ego. Okay. Her vanity. Because she's very obsessed with how she looks. She's like, oh, I looked terrible, but he saw me anyway. Is that your groan then? My groan. Yes, sorry. Um, And I think she's a little vampire prejudice. Yeah. She also is fetishizing them a little bit. Yes, I actually wanted to pose the question to you guys. If you think that Sookie actually fell in love with Bill because Mm -hmm. of Bill as a person or a vampire or whatever, or because he is the first vampire that she meets and she's like, oh, a vampire... And she just falls in love with him because he's a vampire. I think it's, the, it's something totally different. Oh. I think it's because she doesn't hear anything. That's true. I think right. I think the vampire part is alluring to her. Right. But I think she literally, it's it's like she, not being able to read his thoughts, mm-hmm. I think is just, she can't help herself because she's not like that with anyone else. Sure. Yeah. Right? Because she talks about what, like, when she's tried to have, like, sex with other dudes. And they're, like, she can hear what they're thinking. And then they're, like, thinking, like, oh, I can't wait to get her clothes off. Or, oh, her thighs. Or, like, something. Right. You know? yeah. So it's, yeah. like. That's fair. So she keeps hearing all those things. So I think being a vampire is a plus. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it's mostly because 
She can't read. She can't hear his thoughts. Sure. And so he's more mysterious to her. Yeah. If you could uh, hear your partner's thoughts in bed, would you yes or no? No. Mm, I'm not an immediate no. I'm an immediate no. I don't want to know. No. I feel like my head is mm-hmm. so negative already that I probably am thinking much worse things than oh, they would. Okay. So maybe it would be good for It you. might be good for me, yeah. And then, you know, I would be more, like, able to do whatever. Yeah. I would get distracted. I uh, have That's decided fair. to go through life at this point uh, just believing wrongly that I'm a solid 10 out of 10 and I refuse to see any evidence otherwise. As you should. I don't want to hear anybody's thoughts to the negative That's about fair. that. Yeah, that is so fair. I'm very much like, no, I decided, like, I was like, I'm a hunk and I'm moving forward with that knowledge now. <laughs> Do and it. It's yes. very helpful to yeah. just decide, yes. hey, I'm okay with what I've got and move forward. And so I don't want anybody's input, yes. in particular in the bedroom. That would be so annoying. Yeah. Well, I'm struggling to, like, feel good about, like, myself and the way right. I look. And mm-hmm. so I think that would be too hard for me to mm-hmm. hear anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah, toughie. That's yeah. yeah. But what was your moan? Oh, just the vampires in general. Like, I'm just yeah. very much like, I love vampires. <laughs> <laughs> And all of the the adult scenes are so, like, Ugh. just sexy. Yes, I agree. I agree. So that's just sexy. What is it about being a vampire that appeals to you so much? I don't think I can talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> I think we all know what appeals to me the most. I think I would probably be a fangbanger. Oh, yeah, for sure. So... Would you rather be a vampire or bang a vampire? Ooh, I would start with banging a vampire, but I wouldn't be opposed to being a vampire. I wouldn't be like Sookie, who's like, I never want to be a vampire. Yes. I wouldn't be like that. If it happened, it happened. But it, like, I wouldn't go to a vampire and be like, please make me a vampire first. Yeah. Be like, Let's do it a little bit, and then maybe. <laughs> I would miss cheeseburgers too much. Oh, I'd be fine with it. But what if you like blood more than cheeseburgers? It's <gasps> a good point. Because you don't know. I mean, because they like. Oh, because it would be like your cheeseburger. They, yeah, but like your favorite food. But they're not. Well, I guess they do drink out of humans. Yeah. Right? The, the synthetic blood. The synthetic like is probably vegan. like, yeah, like <laughs> kale smoothies, oh, which God. some people drink some freely. People. But <laughs> <laughs> by choice. By choice. Yeah, but then I ate a whoopie pie this morning, so... (laughs) Balance. It's all about balance. (laughs) I would... I feel like for me, it's like a double-edged sword as far as being a vampire because the idea of living forever is very appealing, but then it's also like I would get tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I would want to be a vampire Mm -hmm. as long as I would know that at any point when I decided I was done, I could just walk out into the sun. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could have like a couple hundred years, as long as I'm young and hot the whole time, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, like, you can go like do all the things you ever wanted to do and yeah. right. travel and right. But you can only see stuff at night too. That's true. So Unless you it's can a travel. Twilight vampire. Oh, that's true. But I, I don't want to be a Twilight vampire. <laughs> no. No. Because you don't have any yes. fangs. Very true. What is the point? Very true. Okay. Sarah, you're moaning groan. 
Uh, I think my grown, uh, I have a couple, but I think when Gran dies, mm-hmm. I was like, I get that how it added to the book and just ha- how that like impacted Sookie's character. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I get it, but I just loved her so much. And she was like one of the only people that really supported Sookie. Yeah. And when everyone else was like, oh, crazy Sookie. Crazy Sookie. Crazy Sookie. <laughs> and so, uh, and just, I think it's also the manner that she died. Oh, yeah. It was so brutal. And I'm like, but she was a sweet old lady, and that's not okay. And I also felt like in that part of the book, I could, I know Sookie was upset, but I don't know. I didn't actually feel in the book how devastating it she was. She got over it kind of quickly. She, it felt like she cut yes. And I was like, no, but man, like. I oh. do think. Part of that is because had Charlene Harris really explored that in a realistic way, it would have derailed the novel. It's right. Tr- it's true. Yeah, because it would have taken like months yeah. for her. Yeah, to, like, it would have taken yes. a really long time for her to deal with it. Just yes. to, and we're yeah. just, as an audience, I like as much as we're like, that's not realistic. I'm also like, get over it and bang Bill. <laughs> bang, bang, bang Bill. Bill. <laughs> bang Bill. Bang Bill. Bill. It would be like, uh, what is it, New Moon, where where the whole book is just Bella being moody. Yes, yes. No, thank you. I don't want to read that. But I think for me, too, because she just, she died so brutally, I was like, or it could have been she, like, she just died in her sleep. Right. And honestly, it would have had the same effect. Oh, yeah. no, I don't think so. No? I mm. think you kind of, like, I think you need it to set up that murder and give it, like, more immediacy. So... I saw yeah. why it was necessary to the plot. Yeah, it well, wasn't I my favorite part. Like but at least she puts up a fight instead she of does. the others that yeah. just kind of happens like in the in a moment. It's uh, in a moment while they're making right. <laughs> Whoopee! Whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> but so, what was your moan? Uh, my moan was uh, so after the the vampires were burned, and then she goes to Bill's house. Oh and yeah! Then he comes out of the ground and yes. his hand sticks up. And that whole sex scene is crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like dirty. Literally yes, dirty. Literally. Like in the dirt. She's like pushed into the soil. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about. There was an awful lot of talk about Sookie being sore post-coitally. Yes. And I was like, why are we talking about this so much? I mean, she had not done it before that's true so it's that's true for some people that's accurate i'm she absolutely it just was making me laugh because it was like every five pages sook it could barely walk and i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> you're really setting up expectations if i hadn't had sex before i'd be like it's gonna be so good i'm not gonna be able to walk <laughs> instead it's gonna be like no it's gonna be so awkward you're gonna run to right. your car so. <laughs> Or what about you? What's your moan and groan? Uh, so my groan is I kind of felt like the ending, like I wish Renee, spoiler alert, I wish Renee had been more integral to the plot earlier. We have a couple of scenes with him, but I wish Sookie had had a personal like connection with him so we yeah. could have explored him more as a character. Because him being revealed as a murderer felt a little bit like a letdown to me. It was certainly the least interesting part of the climax because the most interesting part of the climax uh, is the relationship with Bill Mm -hmm. and how that's going to unfold. And I kind of felt like it sucked that the second, like, complex element of the book 
got resolved in such a weird way because I was like, oh, but I literally had to flip back and figure out who the heck Renee was. Mm -hmm. So when she was like, it's Renee, I was like, Renee, oh, yeah, oh, no, wait, crap, who is that? (laughs) And then when I figured it out, I was like, oh, what a random character to pick. Why? Why would it be Renee? And in what way would I have known that at all? So I felt kind of like she just picked a random character that was dispensable and made them the murderer. Yeah. Which I didn't love. But uh, I think that my groan is... For your moan? Was that your groan? My moan. Yeah, that was my groan. I get them backwards sometimes. It's so same, same. <laughs> Although, can I, I have one thought yes. about uh, your groan. Is I also, I get the randomness of it, mm-hmm. but it's like it couldn't be any of the pivotal characters. Because like, right. they come back. I agree, but, but it could have been, been someone pivotal to this novel that didn't move forward. True. I just like it when you're reading or watching something and pivotal characters are also still on the table because then it gives everything stakes. Yeah. Like in Walking Dead, when a main character dies and you're like, anyone can die. That yeah. makes the show more interesting. Mm-hmm. Who do you think should have been the murderer? <gasps> do you think it should have been Jason? No, because Jason's so hot in the show. <laughs> I do think I think the show handles the murder and and Jason thing better. Okay, because Renee is more present in the show. Yeah, I was fine with it being Renee. I just wish we had known more about him as a character because we really don't know much about him at all, except that he is Arlene's ex. Yeah. And so it felt so random to me. And then there was so much backstory that had to be given to me to explain why he was a murderer. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. it would have been way better if we had a scene where he was complaining about his sister earlier mm. and like had a little dialogue Set about it. Set it up a little more. Or maybe he was like very into advocating for vampire rights and all of that was a lie or something. Right. I don't know. It just felt so random. And I was like, wait, why? So I felt like that was wasted opportunity. But did I love that scene in the woods? Yes. The scene where she's running away from him is actually my moan. I loved that scene where, like, he's hunting her and she can hear his thoughts. Because I thought, oh, that's a really interesting way to make use of the ability that you gave her. As an author, where you've given this woman telepathic abilities and now she's running away from a murderer, a can hear his thoughts, and can hear when he sees her. Yes. And I thought that was really interesting. I loved that part. Yeah. I was actually, I was hanging out with some people, and uh, we were all reading, and they kept wanting to talk to me, and I was at that part, and it took everything in me not to be like, everybody be quiet! <laughs> so I really liked that, and that was my moment. Yeah, that's good. That's a good So who pick. do you think, should, do you have like a character you think should have been the murderer? I'm fine with Renee. I just wish we had more backstory. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Renee. And then when they ultimately did give us his backstory, I was like, oh, damn. I, it was like, holy crap. Yeah. The whole thing with his sister. Yes. That was, there was a lot of incest in this book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, like there's Andy pictures Jason and Sookie. Uh, to upset Stookie, Stookie, Stookie. Uh, <laughs> to upset Sookie, he pictures her and her brother together because he knows he can read, she can read his mind, and that she'll be upset. And then there's uh, the Renee 
having sex with his dead sister's body. And then there was the, the molestation. Uncle. Which was totally thing. unnecessary. I was wondering how you would feel because I felt like that was an unnecessary part of the yes. book. Yes. I do think it's important to remove the stigma for victims and to acknowledge these things happen. But I felt like if you're going to do that, then unfortunately, this is such an important topic. I don't think you can just do it and then pretend it didn't happen after right. the next chapter. Right. And literally, it got handled in like two chapters. And it felt so besides the point because it didn't really have anything to do with her relationship with Bill and it didn't have anything to do with the murder. So I was like, why did this happen? Right. Especially because I felt like when they, when she was talking about it with Bill, I felt like he was really just kind of forcing her to talk about it. Yeah. I also felt like then Bill went and like killed her uncle and we're supposed to feel like he's such a great guy. And I'm like, but no, she didn't want to talk about it. A. And then B, he went and solved her problem for her, but he didn't really solve it. He solved it in such a man way. I just found it so weird. I was like, uh, is this what, we're supposed to want him to do because I don't necessarily want him right. to do Especially that. Especially yeah. because he's not in her life anymore. It's not like she has to see him every day right. yeah. or deal with him. He doesn't even live in the same city. Yeah. Like what would be important is for him to face consequences mm. but he can't anyways because he's already old and going to die. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I just felt that part to me did feel a little oogie and I was like well I do think it's important that we're able to talk about this, and I love that. I, you know, I don't think anybody should be ashamed if they have that in their family history. But on the same token, I just felt like it was handled a little clumsily. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So we actually have another game. Woo! We're going to be playing a game called One Letter Off. I'm going to warn you, it's a toughie. Oh, man. oh no! Okay, it's a word we'll game. Just sit in silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a word game, and basically, you change one letter okay. of the title of this book uh, okay. to arrive at the answer. I will give you. Oh, oh, everybody! I, I a pen. Write, if I write, a I have pen. to write it down. Okay, actually, the most useful That's thing. Should I type? Can I type it? I type just write "dead until dark," so you can both stare at "dead until dark." Okay. Okay. Let's stare at it. You have to change one letter to arrive at the answer. Some of them are easy. Some of them are <laughs> not so easy. Don't feel bad, though. I played this with my coworkers, and they only got, like, two out of five. So, Wait, so what do you mean by take a letter? I will of give a... you an example. Okay, great. Okay. Here we go. All right. Uh, here's her example. Sookie is a flighty bird until she meets Bill the Bat in this aviary romance, dead until... So if this was a new adaptation, change one letter, and the answer would be dead until Lark. Oh. Ah. So you're changing the title. Yes. One letter, letter. of the title. Okay. Understood. Okay. I am right. not going to do well at this. Oh, Me either. We'll, we'll do we'll not see. well together. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Question. Can we, can we work together or is it, are we against so each other? We're working together. Okay. Let me move my coffee. Okay. Uh, so. Sookie the Pomeranian is intrigued by Bill the Undead Bulldog in this canine adaptation, dead until... Bark! Bark! Bark. Yeah. Excellent! Yeah. Okay, number two. Sookie Stackhouse is the biggest nerd in school, but everything changes when the captain of the vampire football team asks <laughs> her out. Can a loser find her true ma- romance in this tale of misfit romance, dead until... Focus on loser and misfit. Dork? 
Yes! Dead oh, until Dort. Yes! Okay. That's cute. I'm still trying to change the first letter. I'm like, oh, there's other letters. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Suki is drawn into the competitive world of bar sports and is surprised to learn that she has an uncanny ability to throw sharp and pointed needles in the upcoming sequel, Dead Until... Sharp? Sharp objects? Like yes, sharp pointed needles. Sharp pointed needles. Bar sports. Bar sports. Competitive. Oh, uh, Dead Until Dart. Yes, Dead Until uh... Dart. <laughs> Game. I was what? like, I was like, what are bar sports? <laughs> That's what I was. I'm like, is it the bar where you like are tumbling? Did you, you know, know there's like, like they're not in the Olympics, but darts are like their own. They have world champions. Yes, my yes. uncle watches them, yeah. and I, when I go to his house, I have to do that. And it's very funny because good at this game. <laughs> I'm very good at it. It's funny because you look at the athletes, and it's like, oh, number one athlete in, in dart throwing, and it's just like uh, somebody's grandpa. And they look like Homer Simpson. Yes, they look like Homer Simpson. They're wearing Simpson. like flames. And They're like, like, I'm an athlete. Yep. <laughs> Where's my donut? They're drinking beer. <laughs> yes. All right, number four. The year is 1858, and Suki is an aspiring landscape architect assisting Frederick Law Olmsted as he designed 778 acres worth of gardens in the heart of Manhattan in this biopic, Dead Until... Sarah? <laughs> can, can you hand the baton off to me? <laughs> can we hear it again, maybe? You can hear yeah. it again. This yeah. one's a long setup, isn't it? Yeah, I It's like all of my jokes. Glazed out, maybe. <laughs> the year is 1858, okay. and Suki is an aspiring landscape architect, uh -huh. assisting Frederick Law Olmsted as he designed 778 acres worth of gardens in the heart of Manhattan. In this biopic, uh, Dead Until... Park. Park for Central Park. Oh, yes! Ah, okay, last one. Okay. Okay. Sookie is a big fan of Nancy Reagan. Why can't <laughs> kids just say no? <laughs> Wanting to do her part in the war on drugs, she visits schools dressed as Darren the Lion to teach kids about the dangers of gateway drugs in this harrowing film, Dead Until... Dare. Dare. You're very good. <laughs> I am not good at those at all. You guys are very good as a team, we though. We did you it. Got all five. I did it. Where Rebecca looks at me. <laughs> yes, I've got it. <laughs> she saved fun. us. That's that was right. a good we're one. A team. We're a team. I liked I it. Them. I liked it, too. That was good. Yeah. Okay, let's each rate the book out of ten. What would you give it out of ten? Sarah? Hmm. I like it very much. I think I would give it, I'm going to do it eight and a half. There you okay. go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go an eight. Yeah. Mm. I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Eight would be also what I would give it. Excellent. Would you guys read more from Charlene Harris? Obviously, Rebecca would. <laughs> so do you mean more in the series would or more outside Would you read more this? out, because I think we're all committed to reading the series, yes. but would you ever read more outside of this series? don't know i feel like i'm, I'm gonna like the series a lot and yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how that plays into her other books mm -hmm. so maybe but i don't know will i, I probably not 
think for me, I would have if she had not been so series heavy. Yes. And so I think that's yeah. very intimidating to start a new one. And I have to have, a, like, before I commit to a series that has, like, over 10 books, I have to have a solid reason why I'm going to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And for this one, I did because I was like, we're doing it for the podcast. I also really love the television show. I do think that this book series is now kind of part of the pop culture lexicon, Uh whereas the others aren't. And so I don't know if I'm as drawn to the other series. How about you, Rebecca? Um, Well, clearly, probably not because I haven't and I've been aware of her for a very long time. But I when I found out about the graphic novel, I probably will check that out. If I can find it. That's fun. The one where the, yeah. the she can see the last moments of the people yeah. who died. I think that's, that's a cool concept. Is, I think it's a very cool And concept. I like graphic novels. I so. do too. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are each of you reading, watching, or listening to that is bringing you joy, that you love, that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am reading The Death of Jane Lawrence, which is a gothic horror book, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it without giving it away you you go into the book this like summary on the back and whatever is very vague so you think you know what you're getting into like a Jekyll and Hyde situation because it's about a woman who marries somebody for convenience like she goes through a list of people and she chooses who's going to be the best fit to leave her alone but give her a comfortable life Mm -hmm. so she comes into an arrangement with this doctor um and she thinks that that's what she's going to get, but she quickly finds out that he has a big secret. And when the secret evolves, that's when the horror starts coming out. And yeah. it dips into magic, and there's ghosts, and it's cool. very cool. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. It's 400 pages. I am about three quarters of the way through, and I read most of it within a couple days. And the cover is so gorgeous. Yeah, it's very cool. It's two Victorian hands stitching up the other hand. Oh. So it ties into, like, the Victorian like yeah. motif yeah. and the the doctor motif it is there is a trigger warning it's very gory mm-hmm. a lot of blood talk gotcha well i'm reading laura dean keeps breaking up with me which is a graphic novel mm-hmm. and it's about uh, a same-sex relationship between two girls and one of them is like a very popular girl she's like uh, a member of the volleyball team and she is kind of like a contender for homecoming queen and everybody knows her but she also is not terribly monogamous and she keeps breaking up with her girlfriend and uh, that character is the focus of the novel and uh, or the graphic novel and she is kind of so focused on this relationship uh, as teenagers are to the exclusion of her friends. And it's kind of a novel that talks about how do you maintain yourself in high school relationships, but also it talks about how we as a society put too much emphasis on romantic relationships, where we say that's supposed to be your primary relationship above your friends and your family. And especially in high school, it's so easy to lose track of that and to really put the emphasis on not only wrong relationships, but wrong people and kind of waste the opportunities that you have to connect with other people or to enjoy different phases of your life because you're so obsessed with someone who obviously isn't giving you a second thought, which can sometimes be more damaging. It's not always the people who are like out to be mean to you that are damaging your life. It's often the people who just aren't thinking about you as much as you're thinking about them. And it's really beautifully illustrated and it's so 
like such a celebration of queer identity. So I love that novel. Nice. That sounds awesome. It's really good. How about you, Sarah? So uh, I'm actually reading the last in the series of the Da Vinci Code series, so Origin by Dan Brown. And uh, I'm finishing it because I just need to end the series and be done with it. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I don't, uh, I'm like, I'm forcing myself a little bit to finish it. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's the same kind of plot in a lot of the books. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Robert Langdon goes somewhere. Mm. Somebody gets murdered. Mm-hmm. And then now he's on this like religious like mm-hmm. journey with a woman uh, and she's beautiful and uh, then, like, everybody's out for them because they think he's the murderer or something like that. Yeah. And it's, like, it's the same theme. Yeah. And this one, some of the scenes are dragging a little bit too much. And when I first read the Da Vinci Code series, I mean, I love them. I really do. And I love Dan Brown. I've read, actually, all of Dan Brown's books. Hmm. Um, and I, I, it's, like, really good, like, action mm-hmm. and intense. I really love that. But uh, I just feel like the... Just that theme in all of these books is, I feel like it's getting a little old. Right. And yeah. so I'm kind of losing that interest in it. Like, I don't have the same, like, fever to finish this yeah. book as I have the other ones. And I'm okay. like, I just want to kind of know what happens. Also, in this book, there's, like, this mystery. Like, somebody has solved, this, like, famous scientist has, like, uh, found out, like, where do we come from and where are we going? It's the mm-hmm. theme of the book. And he had this big thing he was going to unveil, and of course somebody murdered him. So oh. Oh. Uh, now they're trying to find what it was that his discovery was. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm always well, like, and then they're like, oh, we've Robert Langdon, and he left with uh, this woman, and it's like they think that he is like a part of it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, have we just not learned from, like, Robert Langdon's been involved in other stuff like this. Right. We should just trust now that he's knows what he's doing. Right. Because, yeah, know. that's fair. I can see Sometimes, that. Sometimes, like, novels like that are, like, based on a sort of personal formula of the author. Yeah. And I do find that after a while, that formula will wear thin. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for this part. I just, all, maybe I just want... Robert Langdon to somewhere in the book be like, why does this keep happening? Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way about Junji Ito's novels. Uh-huh. Junji Ito is a he writes manga and uh, or manga, and uh, his novels are all disturbing. They're graphic novels and uh, short stories, and they're always really disturbing and really gross, which I love. But after a while it starts to feel very repetitive and it like I've read so much of him that now it's hard for me to read anymore because I'm like, but I'm not going to be surprised. You're going to set up a premise and a character and then it's going to end in basically torture porn and gross monsters. And I'm not going to be terribly surprised how it ends. And so I'm like, Oh, I guess I've gotten what I need from you and now I'm done. Okay. So Interesting, yeah, right? Yes. And of course, I'm reading the second book in the, the Suki series. The Suki. 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 I'm excited. I just bought it from a I little know. indie bookstore that we visited. Yes. So it's, very I can't excited. wait to talk about it with you. I'm like, I can't wait for you guys to get further into the plot. Yes. I'm very excited. And our next episode we're going to be recording is The Haunting of Ashburn House. Yes. Which I bought and okay. I will read. Okay, then we will wait then for you. Then we will you. wait for you. And you can join us over Zoom. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh. Right. I wish it could be in person now. I, I know, me too. Yeah. It can be if we cram you in our suitcase. Yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, until the next episode, this has been They're Coming to Read You, Barbara. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. So main. So main. <laughs>